You're listening to Let's Talk Cuyahoga, a podcast that explores county initiatives and pulls back the curtain to reveal the work and the people who are driving Cuyahoga County forward. For our first episode, we're commemorating Black History Month and asking, what impact did the civil rights movement have in Cuyahoga County? And what work is being done to preserve its significance for future generations? Here's County Executive Armin Butish. Welcome to Let's Talk Cuyahoga. We got some great guests today. Joining me for our conversation is Kathleen Crowther, president of the Cleveland Restoration Society, and Dr. Donna White, a scholar and lecturer on African-American history at Cleveland State. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. So let's talk about a project that's going on in Cuyahoga that's really exciting, the African-American Civil Rights Trail. Kathleen, let's start with you. Please tell us something about what this trail is and what the Cleveland Restoration Society's vision is for it. Absolutely. Thank you very much for inviting me here, Mr. Budish, to speak about it. Absolutely. Uh, The Cleveland Restoration Society has been um, developing and will continue to develop over the next, I'd say, three years, uh, Cleveland's African-American Civil Rights Trail. Uh, The big idea behind this is that we select the primary sites associated with the civil rights movement in Cleveland. We're using basically uh, the years 1954 to 1974 with some flexibility. And so the idea here is that we um, install at each site one of the uh, large, impressive Ohio historical markers to sort of mark the spot, to, you know, punctuate the landscape in our city. So those are the markers like we see for, you know, the president's house or, you know, something like the Garfield Museum and things like that. Yeah. They're beautiful. They're handsome. They're huge bronze uh, markers on a pole in the shape of Ohio. They're very beautifully crafted. How many sites are you picking? We are picking 10 sites, although I, th- the more we get into it, I think that we're going to probably expand that. Uh, it's, it's a journey for all of us, really, because we're learning so much as we go. Is that the purpose of this, is to be educational for the community? Yes, it is. That is the purpose, and to connect history with today, because obviously the civil rights movement, we think of it, its origins perhaps in the South, although we do ha- have contributions that northern communities made to that period, the um, classic civil rights period, but, you know, civil rights isn't over you know, oh, it, is, sure not. it is we have an a long issue. way to go still. It, absolutely. So it's an issue today, uh, which so we, we have the markers to attract the public's attention to this place. But then we have a website that supports the markers to mm-hmm. help explain civil rights then and, and then today. So let's switch to Donna for a minute. Donna White, uh, our uh, our. A resident uh, scholar and lecturer. <laughs> One of them. Uh, so tell us, uh, the the civil rights tra- trail in Cleveland, is Cleveland a, a good place for a civil rights trail? Have we had civil rights um, s- significant events in Cleveland? Absolutely. We have always had significant events, whether we are focusing on a certain time period or we go back to the establishment of Cleveland and the um, 
the migration of African Americans to Cleveland. People have uh, consistently, over the length of time that people have lived in Cleveland, been active in um, in whatever the way they could to to uh, to search and collaborate with others for social justice and equality. And so because we're focusing on a certain time period doesn't mean that that's the only time that civil rights has actually occurred in Cleveland. Where did this concept for a civil rights trail come from? Well, I think I'll ask Kathleen okay, to talk Kathleen. about that. Well, Take there's, it back. there's really a national movement underway to um, uh, acknowledge the civil rights period. And, uh, uh, you know, landmarking and identifying these sites, it's, it's up to our community to do that, to step back and consider our own uh, role in a national, um, in our national history. And so uh, we, we felt that the time was ripe for Cleveland and also for the past 10 years we've been working on African-American cultural heritage, designating cultural heritage sites in Cleveland. I mean, let's face it, Cleveland's a majority-minority city. And uh, oftentimes the landmarking process has not amplified um, non-majority uh, cultures. And now its time really has come. You're listening to Let's Talk Cuyahoga, a podcast that explores county initiatives and pulls back the curtain on the work and people who are driving Cuyahoga County into the future. Martin Luther King Jr. visited Cuyahoga County many times as he led the civil rights movement to see a map of locations where he held meetings, recordings of his speeches, and photos of his interactions with residents. Check out our interactive story map at cuyahogacounty.us slash podcasts. So welcome back to Let's Talk Cuyahoga. I'm County Executive Armin Budish, and I'm sitting here with the president of the Cleveland Restoration Society, Kathleen Crowther, and Dr. Donna White, who's an expert on American African-American history. And we're talking about the African-American Civil Rights Trail. Now, the county has been honored to sponsor one of the markers that Kathleen was talking about earlier. She said there's 10 markers on the trail yes. that are planned right now. Tell us about the Cuyahoga County marker. Well, And thank you. Thank you so much for sponsoring this marker. The marker is going to recognize the Ludlow Community Association and the Peg House. And um, I'll tell you a little bit of background. Peg is the name of a person? Peg, yes. Okay. John and Dorothy Peg who were African-American residents of the Ludlow area. They were building a house in the Ludlow area of Shaker Heights. And just to give people... How long ago was that? It was in 1956 that they were building their house. To give everyone a bit of some information about Shaker Heights, there are nine neighborhoods, each named for the elementary schools in the area. So Ludlow Mm -hmm. is uh, a community that borders Cleveland. Much of Ludlow is actually in Cleveland, and the Mm -hmm. other part of Ludlow is also in Shaker Heights. And so as this family were building their house in an area that was almost exclusively white at that particular time, there was an explosion in their garage, January 3rd, 1956. And so the response to that was that many of the residents who lived in that area, all of whom were white, started to sell their houses. Wow. So there explosion was meaning like a bomb? A bomb wow. in their garage. So was there anybody hurt? No. No, no one was hurt. And so the assumption was that it was racially 
planted there. Now, we don't know if that's necessarily the case, but that was the assumption. And so as we saw happening in many communities when African-Americans moved into white neighborhoods, people began to sell their houses, assuming that property values would go down. And so what the community did was the white families and the black families started communicating to each other Hmm. so that they could find a way to stem the white flight and the blockbusting that the real estate companies were actually doing. So they were only at a certain point selling to black families. Once they realized the black families were moving into the area, they would no longer sell to white families. Even when I was growing up, which at this point was many, many, many years ago, (laughs) I remember that that was an issue that was constantly uh, at the forefront. Yes, People were concerned about uh, the blockbusting. People were concerned about real estate agents promoting that so that they could sell more houses. and, And unfortunately, as a byproduct of that, in many cases, destroy neighborhoods. Yes, yes. Uh, thankfully, in Shaker Heights, they did pretty well. They were able to maintain a, an integrated community uh, that a lot of places haven't been successful at. And this community in particular did extremely well because they organized. Once the families met each other, they decided that they would organize the Ludlow Community Association. Mm -hmm. And so in 1956, they had a formal organization, and they incorporated in 1961. One of the uh, purposes, and maybe one of the main purposes, other than their children going to school together, growing up together, socializing together, Mm -hmm. was that they established a housing company. And so they took upon themselves to show houses and have housing parties to encourage white families, first of all, not to flee, but also for white families to purchase houses in Ludlow so that they could actually create an integrated community. And one of the strengths I know, because I know Shaker pretty well, is the school system. Yes, absolutely. You know, families would not have moved back in or stayed there if the school system wasn't so strong. And I think that helped maintain the uh, integrated community as well. Oh, of course. Of course. It is, for families who have children, it may be the primary reason or what they may know about the Shaker Heights schools. And so when we look at some of the families who moved in, some of the African-American families who moved there early, even before the Peggs, even before John and Dorothy Pegg moved in, there were other Mm -hmm. African-American families who lived there. They had been in communities. The Mount Pleasant area Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. adjacent to Ludlow, and some of the families had lived in Mount Pleasant, which was also a community that had been uh, an area where African-Americans, middle-class African-Americans moved good schools. Mm -hmm. They were continuing to look for good schools in another area. Makes all the difference. Absolutely. So let's go back to Kathleen. You've been sitting there quietly for a while. Uh, Tell me about how the Restoration Society got involved. Why did the Restoration Society get involved in this civil rights trail? Um, How does that fit in with the mission of the of the Restoration Society? Well, our our mission relates to the preservation of Uh, landmarks, but also cultural heritage. And so it's the story of people that we want to uh, memorialize, learn about, and uh, memorialize or document. 
Um, and it's, it's something that um, allows for our community to be more, more cohesive when we know about the different um, cultural groups that live here. So uh, it made, makes good sense. It has made good sense to us for the last 10 years. We've been working under this broad topic of African-American cultural heritage. Uh, for example, over the last uh, five years, we've been doing a lot of research and then uh, nominating for local landmark status areas within the Lee Harvard and Lee Seville neighborhood. Uh, Lee Harvard is, we've, we've uh, sort of coined the term, a black suburb in the city of mm. Cleveland. It looks very much like a mid-century uh, post-World War II neighborhood. It was largely developed in the 1940s, um, and it became the neighborhood where middle-class uh, black families wanted to move. Is that neighborhood on the Civil Rights Trail or in the, involved in the Civil Rights Trail? Well, not right now, but we do have markers that we're working on for that neighborhood. There are a couple places in um, Lee Harvard that we think are particularly interesting and important. Cuyahoga County has a rich history filled with people who've made a lasting impact on our country. Learn more about people like Garrett Morgan, the inventor of the stoplight prototype, and Jane Edna Hunter, renowned social worker, by checking out our Black History Month blog series on cuyahogacounty.us slash podcast. The 10 markers, we talked about the one that the county is sponsoring. What, what are some of the others? Sure. Our first marker that was installed recently is at Core United Methodist Church in the Glenville neighborhood mm-hmm. on East 105th Street. And that is, in our minds, one of the leading sites for the, our tr- the trail because it was uh, the most, um, the largest black congregation in the city of Cleveland. Uh, and it, it has a huge facility, it used to be a Jewish synagogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a huge sanctuary space. Cleveland Orchestra used to play the Martin Luther King concert there. Uh, and it has an athletic facility, an educational wing, a ballroom, huge facility. So uh, when uh, civil rights leaders were coming to Cleveland, that was the place where people gathered. To what hear are some of the civil rights leaders that came there? Martin Luther King, yeah, that's what Malcolm I X, mm-hmm. and then other African American leaders before and after them. So there's a marker there on the trail. There's a marker there. What are uh, tell some us other a sites? Two more. Um, yep, uh, Abyssinia Baptist Church, right mm-hmm. next door, was very involved in uh, civil rights, especially the minister there, uh, Pastor Calvinus. Kevin. Yeah, yes. Reverend Kavanis is a good friend of mine, and uh, uh, and he was a leader in the U.S. national civil rights movement. Yeah, living legend that that gentleman, uh, the Huff. In fact, there's a whole exhibit at the uh, was it the Western Reserve Historical Society? I don't know what they call it now, but you know, yeah. there's a whole exhibit there about him. Yeah, we're gonna see that in a couple weeks. Yes. Um, uh, uh, on him at, at the Cleveland History Center. Great. Whatever Cleveland History Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the, Huff, uh, the Huff Insurrection. Um, when I was growing up, I remember this. Uh, it was called the Huff Riots. Yeah. And riots doesn't have the uh, meaning that we want for this site. Uh, 
so we're calling it the Huff Insurrection because it was a protest against um, uh, poor housing, poor education, mm-hmm. uh, inavailability of jobs, etc. So um, uh, there is a social justice to that moment, that sad moment. But but that you know this is hard, some of this is hard history that we have to um, shine a light on and um, uh, tell the story of and learn from. Well, there's so much to talk about, and you guys have been really informative. This has been uh, eye-opening for me and I think for others, too, uh, to get involved in the Civil Rights Trail and the uh, marker that we're able to put uh, uh, in into this trail. Um, the I really appreciate both of you coming in and talking about this. Uh, I have here Kathleen Crowther from the Cleveland Restoration Society and Dr. Donna White, uh, who is just brilliant, and we appreciate your being here um, and for explaining why this is so important, not just as uh, as a history lesson, but you know to to remind us as we move forward uh, of what's gone on and what still needs to be done. You can find out more about the African-American Civil Rights Trail on the Cleveland Restoration Society website and Facebook pages. Let's Talk Cuyahoga is a podcast that explores Cuyahoga County initiatives and the people who make them happen. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss our next episode. We'll be discussing the county's lakefront public access plan and the future of Lake Erie. If you have any comments or questions about this podcast or maybe a topic you'd like us to take on, please email communications at cuyahogacounty.us.